<laughs> I'm sorry. I just walked up, looked at my phone, and it says, Leanne Stiver, I have an announcement. So you're saying they could get the craft when they come in and then maybe. Oh, okay. Bring it Christmas Eve. Okay. That'd be great. That works out real good. All right. So you can get the, uh, the your Christmas Eve pinwheel on your way out this morning. All right. For all, for all the kiddos. And thank you. Um, moms and dads and everybody who's brought the little ones today, you know, we know we don't have the children's church and nursery. So hopefully the preacher doesn't go too long, but we thank you for, for joining us. Um, regardless of his, his abilities to, to cut things, make things brief if needed. Um, I'm just looking quickly online, saying hello to Judy Wright, Lisa Jones, Cooper Shockey, um, Cheryl Kersey, uh, Melanie Olery, Diane Riley's with us, Doris Spittler is also with us online as well. So saying hello to all of you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, we have been... Uh, doing a series, if you want to put that slide up, it's called True Christmas Stories. We've been taking uh, your stories in, in, in previous weeks and, and, a lot, and recognizing uh, uh, these stories and how there's actually this mystery that Christmas is often something, there's something that you bring into it uh, that's tied into the story of Christ, but there's also something that's personal to you and there's something that you pass on. We've talked about stories of faith. We've talked about sloppy Christmas stories. And last week, before we get to this one, we talked about um, legacy Christmas stories. And I had a planned, uh, this, this is just one uh, a song that, uh, that our family does each Christmas that my dad had pulled out. And, and just, it, it allows us, because everybody's got a tradition of opening presents and eating food. And, and this, is, this is a tradition that allowed us to come back to center and remind us what's really important and what this holiday is all about. So it just allows us just a few moments to slow down uh, in the middle of everything. And just sing this song, which is truly a worship song that peels everything else back. And so um, you're welcome to, to sing the lyrics and uh, stand or seat or whatever works for you. And I'm going to turn it over um, to Dad to do this song by Alabama. Not the Alabama that just won the SEC championship. The one that, uh, that used to sing country music back in the day. Happy birthday, Jesus. It's that time of year. All the lights on the tree say Christmas time is here. Another year's behind us. You helped us make it through. So happy birthday, Jesus. This song is just for you. We all get so hung up on material things. At times it seems like we forget 
what Christmas really means. It should be thanks we're given and counting blessings too. Happy birthday, Jesus. This song is just for you. There's a gift for everyone but you underneath the tree. No, it's not much, but I hope you like this song we're here to sing. Happy birthday, Jesus. Your love is also true. So happy birthday, Jesus. Our song is just for you. Lord, we thank you for each and every one that has come this morning. And in the midst of many different things taking place in lives all across this congregation, we've come here with one united purpose to worship the living God. We recognize that we are all united as children of the living God. And so, Lord, we are all here as one family, lifting up our eyes to our creator, to our savior, to our Emmanuel, the God who is with us right now. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you do have your Bibles, uh, you can open up to Matthew Uh, Chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. And I, um, you know, due to, uh, you know, COVID this year, there are going to be some some families. It's, It's very sad that some families just aren't going to be getting together this season. And there's a story of a uh, a family of a couple who lived in Ohio, and their both of their kids grew up and moved. One moved to the East Coast, and one moved to the West Coast, and it was just a strange year. And so they called uh, they called their their daughter out on the East Coast and said, "Listen, I just want you to tell I just want to tell you I know you guys weren't planning on, on coming or anything this year, and it, it worked out fine because you know what your mom and I we're getting a divorce, and it's just not going to work out this year." And then all of a sudden the daughter gets really upset. It's like, "What? What are you talking about? Listen, Dad." We're coming. We're, we'll, we're, we'll be home tomorrow. And so, like, all right, you don't have to do that. We'll be home tomorrow. And then they went and called their son on the West Coast and told him the same news. Like, are you serious, Mama? You and Mom have always done so well. You're seriously getting a divorce. I, we're, we're getting on a plane. We're coming tomorrow. So uh, after that, the, the guy got off his phone and turned to his wife. He said, it worked out. Both kids are coming home for Christmas, and we don't got to pay for a thing. So sometimes you got to do whatever you got to do to get your kids home for Christmas, even in the middle of, uh, of all of this, uh, the COVID chaos this season. And so we are, we are going to continue um, our series called True Christmas Stories. And this is it. It's the last one. It's the last one of our true Christmas stories. Again, we did stories of faith, sloppy stories, legacy stories. And today we are going to talk about surprise Christmas stories, because isn't that really often what Christmas is all about? A surprise. I got to hear from a few of you, and Bruce, uh, the one and only Bruce Cunningham, had told me that 
that they kind of have a tradition with their kids where they would give them all of their gifts and then they would just be done and then, and you know, it'd be a great Christmas and, and then they would just be done. They would just be eating breakfast and then he would haul in the last couple of gifts, the ones that were the biggest surprise for the kids. And it always, isn't that what we like to do at Christmas, always try to create some goofy element uh, of surprise. We had, uh, speaking of um, Speaking of surprise, uh, I'm trying to get the, the timetable of these stories, uh, the, the timetable of these events figured out. But um, one year after Christmas, my, my mom had said that my, my little brother was just incredibly excited. She was surprised how excited he was. He just seemed overly excited this year at Christmas time. Every gift he opened, he was like through the roof. And then me and my brother re- realized really quick that he had overdone it because the reality is we found all the receipts and all the gifts that they had given us that year. So he had to act all of his surprises out. And so he, he went over the top a little bit. And, and sometimes you can take the surprise, you, you, you can take the, uh, the surprise maybe a little bit too far. Uh, there's one more. There's one more Christmas story uh, with the element of surprise. Uh, there's this girl... A girl who lived around here uh, named uh, Darcy. And um, she wanted a canopy bed for Christmas. Really wanted a canopy bed for Christmas. And so one night on Christmas Eve while she was sleeping, uh, her dad built her a canopy bed. And so while she was sleeping, they transported her into the new canopy bed. So she woke up Christmas morning with her canopy bed. And that's the story Cheryl wanted us to to share, one of the stories that she had shared about her true Christmas stories. And I hope you don't mind because I'll be sharing that one again next Sunday. But I hope you all can imagine the moment that Cheryl woke up, not just in her new canopy bed, but in the presence of the King of Kings and the presence of the Lord of Lords. What something, what a place to wake up to one day. And we must be reminded that that is all of our destiny, that is all of our call to one day be home. And it can be so hard uh, sometimes to want those that have, that have gone before us to want them, so, uh, want them back so bad. But one day we're all going to understand, and one day we're going to say, there's no place else I would rather be than right here in eternity with the living God. And so, Lord, we thank you uh, for each one of these surprise stories. And now as we open up your word, will you allow us to see the true surprise that is the story of Christmas? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Matthew Chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, Nick's got that on the screen there as well, says that after, this is referring to the Magi in Matthew, uh, in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, it says, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. 
Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I want you to capture for a moment the surprise that was in the first coming of Christ. Imagine the surprise for the Magi. That the king that was to come, first of all, came as a child in a stable with animals, with, with not upper class people, with no, no sense of nobility, um, and in a place that he shouldn't have been born. And no one even really knows, except the Magi, except the shepherds, what is going on. Surprise, here in this stable In this manger is the king who is to come. The other surprise was the first coming. They expected their king to come and rule, but Jesus came to serve. The next surprise was the cross. He came to die for the sins of all mankind. The surprise, and the disciples couldn't get this, that Jesus first came to die. And then the final surprise was, of course, the resurrection. That Jesus hung out with over 500 different people on this earth before he ascended. That this, this man didn't just die on a cross. He rose again and is still alive. Surprise. This is what the Christmas story is all about. There are still surprises like this every day. When you notice the strivings of man for power and wealth and material things. And then you see others who are content and at peace with what they have been given and driven to give something back with all that they have had. There is that counter, there's that contrast between both of those. Surprise that these who are fighting so hard for everything and are longing for power are some of the most unhappiest people in the world or the happiest are those that are appreciative of what they have been getting, if they, what they have received and content with what they have. A surprise, like behind all the wrapping paper and inside that box at Christmas, we wonder what is in there. And knowing that a time is coming soon when we'll open those things up and expose what has been hidden. See, there are those that live in the light and can see things. And there are those that live in darkness that can never understand. And that's exactly what we read about Exactly what we read about in John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. It says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. There's one more uh, surprise story that I want to tell you about today. There's this young, there's this little boy. Um, this was one of the only boys to ever see Rudolph's nose red, lit up red. 
His name was Colonel Rodney Shockey. And one day for, for Christmas, um, his parents uh, wanted to give him his gift, and they asked him to go into the barn to get his gift. And when he went into the barn, they shut all the lights out, but he could hear an animal, some noise that he'd never heard before, or at least hadn't heard in his barn, and he was scared to death and asked his parents to turn the lights back on, turn it on. He almost ran out of the barn. And then they turned the lights on for him, and there was a little horse named Prince that he would ride for how many more years? For half of his lifetime. Uh, and then I think they shut the lights back up, back off on him again, and he got scared again. <laughs> then he, they turned the lights back on, and he's happy because he can see the horse. Isn't that funny? Isn't that a funny story how in the darkness, he was scared to death, but in the light, he said it's the greatest present he ever got. I'm going to say that again. In the darkness, he was scared to death, but in the light, it was one of the greatest presents that he had ever received. You know, Christmas is the, is the time of year where we place lights up all over the place. And, re- be, and it's the winter solstice. It's the time of the year when it's the darkest. And at church, and, and, and to celebrate the birth of Christ, we cast light all over the world. But as men and women of God, it is our call uh, to be in the light, to illuminate everything else in our life as well. In the darkness, we think that we have to fight and claw our way out to reach our destination. But in the light, we can see everything that we have been given and all the resources that are right in front of us. In the darkness, all we can do is scream and cry out. But in the light, our greatest fear can quickly become our greatest blessing. In the darkness, COVID-19 is the work of the devil, heard that many times. Or a government conspiracy, heard that just as many times. But in the light... It is an opportunity for the Lord to do a new work in your life when you are faced with the reality that there are many things in this world that are just outside of your control. So lean in and trust the one who is in control. In the darkness, when tragedy comes, there is a sense of hopelessness. But in the light, it brings forth a new beginning and a reminder of the purpose of our lives and the limited time that we have to fulfill that purpose. Men and women of God, you have a choice to live in the light or live in the darkness of this world. If you choose to live in the light, you will find yourself time and time again coming across that good kind of surprise. The surprise that allows you to recognize that the Lord was with you all along. You just weren't paying attention. The Lord is near, but you just weren't recognizing it. You had become comfortable with your own ambitions. You've become comfortable with your own worry. You've become comfortable with all of your many distractions. The Lord has been saying to you all along, surprise. I'm right here. I've never left you. I hope you know the light of the world today, the light of the presence of the living God. And today, as we prepare for communion, it's time to come back to the light today. It's time to come back to the table and be reminded of who we are.
And so before we take of these communion elements, I want to ask you to do something. And it's always, it's biblical in, in, in the text. It tells us to take a moment of, of reflection to examine ourselves before we partake of communion. And so all across this room, I just want to encourage you right now in this moment to bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to ask you three questions today in your moment of reflection. In this season, you should ask yourself this, what does the Lord want from me? What does the Lord want for me? There's many things that we want. What does the Lord want for me right now? Next question. What has the Lord given me that I have neglected? What has the Lord given me that I have neglected? The last question. What is it really that I am so afraid of that I have just not trusted the Lord with? What is it that I am so afraid of that I've just not trusted the Lord with? Would you take 30 seconds in your moment of reflection and a moment of repentance before we partake of communion together? time, I would ask that you prepare your communion elements. Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and we had get, when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me the bread is a symbol of life it's a symbol of the, the power of the living God that sustains us let's partake of the bread together In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is what we, this is the symbol of Christ's blood that was shed for us. We remind that we are all imperfect people, that we all make mistakes, that we are all not in control and we are all men and women in need of a Savior. Let's partake of the cup together. Lord, we thank you for your life. We thank you for your blood. We recognize that we are in need of the living God this morning. We thank you that 
the Holy Spirit is, is, is present in us and that we are called to come back to the table and be reminded of who we are. Be reminded of our Emmanuel, our God who is with us and inside of us. And the beautiful thing of what happens when men and women that possess the living God come together as the church of Jesus Christ. The power that we have together when we place you as our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so we hear the prayer that our kingdom come, our will be done, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We invite your presence. We invite your kingdom. And may we be light to those that are in darkness. And may we allow the light of your word and your presence to illuminate all of the dark areas of our life so that the things that we fear the most, if we're ready to grow, if we're ready to say yes to you, if we're ready to illuminate light on the dark areas of our life, can be the greatest blessing we have ever received. Your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Song together. A little town of Bethlehem, right? I got that one. A little town of Bethlehem. It's Christmas. We're making up for lost times. We got lots of songs. We still got to sing, okay? Please stand. Everybody stand.
Before your benediction this morning, just a few reminders. Um, our offering plate is there at the back table. Um, we will be having a Christmas Eve service this Thursday night, 6 o'clock p.m. Kind of a bring your own light, but we will have candles and we will have uh, flameless lights for you as well. And last, we got pinwheels. Uh, where did Leanne go? I think she's out there getting ready. There we go. We got pinwheels before you leave this morning as well. So be sure to grab those. Before you go, hey, quick word of benediction. May you know that you are children of God as you receive the light of God's life and his word upon your life. Go now as children of the living God. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.